Are we recording? Is this thing on? Yes, it is. Welcome to RevOps 500, where we invite the world's top marketers to answer the tough questions facing growing organizations. Ooh, sounds important. I'm Sajil Qureshi. And I'm Gil Bates. Join us as we dive deep into the world of RevOps. We'll be learning strategies and expertise from first-hand experience. RevOps 500 is sponsored by CompuTech. They provide technical and development expertise to growth-focused marketing. Let's get started. Hey everybody, Sajil Qureshi here with another episode of RevOps 500, where we interview the latest and greatest uh, RevOps and marketing experts out there. Today we have a very special, special show. I'm really excited to be talking to an award-winning digital marketing pro who has a pretty serious reputation for pushing the envelope and delivering big-time results. Uh, she's driven, creative, talented, organized, and extremely logical. Uh, right now, she's the Director of Performance Marketing at Filevine, and she's also a marketing and brand consultant. Artie Taylor, welcome to RevOps 500. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad you're here. So, I mean, we'll, we'll just jump right into it. So, Artie, in your opinion, what is one RevOps myth? Definitely. So one of the myths I see a lot is that there is a difference between ROI activities and like your brand awareness marketing activities. I work in performance marketing, so we're tracking everything. And with the technology that's available now, you can track everything. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you know, trade shows and events, those kinds of things are just brand awareness activities. But Somewhere you're using technology there and you can absolutely track things through to the bottom line if you have the right software in place. How would you go about doing something like that? So, you know, you're saying that, you know, in performance marketing, obviously everything can be tracked. Everything should be tracked. Can you give an example of maybe one metric, which maybe people say, oh, you can't track like trade shows. How would you track something like trade shows in, in, in a RevOps world these days? Yeah. So there's a couple of ways. So, Anytime you sign a contract for a trade show, there's money being exchanged, right? So it doesn't matter how you do it, but there's your cost and you need that for your ROI calculation somewhere down the road. So you've got that. Um, and then at some point you can just define what activities you want the trade show to be answerable to. Maybe you want to track booth visits. Maybe you want to track... Um, like leads or demo requests or sit down meetings. Like you always have to just come up with the goal you have. And then <laughs> you don't really have to write it down on a sticky note or anything. There's plenty of platforms out there that will, you, you can just put on your phone and start using while you're at the trade show. I don't want to plug any platforms that I don't sure. actually use, but um, yeah, they exist. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting way of, of looking at it, right? Like you, there, there, it doesn't, it, this goal is really platform agnostic. It doesn't matter what the tool is or, or whatever. I mean, you know, you can really just make a goal of say, okay, I want to track how many people I talk to at XYZ trade show. You know, you pull out your phone and you just start jotting them down, basically, if you have to. Obviously, there, there are tools and there's scanning and whatever. We, we all get that. But you're just saying, to keep it really simple, you can even just do something like that, make it a function of cost, and you're, you're kind of off to the races a little bit, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely sophisticated ways of doing it, but if you don't have access to those sophisticated ways, I mean, make it up, duct tape, duct tape something together and you've got it. Yeah. And that could be as an attendee or sponsor, right? So it's, it's a absolutely pretty interesting way to look at it. I don't know if people actually track ROI when they're attending a page show or a conference. Is it, what's the ROI on 
you know, taking a flight to wherever and spending two nights at a conference or something mm-hmm. as an attendee, as a sponsor. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they probably do that, but even as an attendee, you could track something like that. So that's, that's a pretty interesting myth that, yeah, that you, you would say that they're, they're not the same, but really, yeah, they, they kind of, kind of are as a performance marketer. You're always probably tracking this, these things. I'd imagine activity. Oh, like definitely. This. It's my, uh, what I live and breathe for. <laughs> yeah. So, so already kind of switching gears a bit, like what is something, I mean, you know, you mentioned, Things can be done in, in various tools, platforms, whatever. What is something that keeps you up technically in this in this whole tech stack? At, you know, and keeps you up at night regularly. I mean, can you can you give us something like that? Or oh, sure. So we mentioned all this kind of gathering of data. Well, the cleanliness of that data is what keeps me up at night. Um, <laughs> and I think this is true in pretty much any mid to large organization. When it, when it's small, it's a little easier to keep tabs on everything, but as you grow and as you scale, you know, different platforms that you're using and trying to stitch together have different ways of looking at data and at some point it requires a headcount to just wrangle all of that and keep tabs on it. Um I've heard people say too if you think your data is clean, you're lying to yourself, um, <laughs> which in my experience is probably pretty true, but that doesn't mean, you know, we ever stop trying to um, get it together because we we want to be data driven. There's a certain type of organization where you have to answer questions with data. Um, I have some maybe controversial thoughts on that, but. <laughs> I mean, interesting. What what are those controversial thoughts? You kind of you kind of you're asking. You're daring. You're daring. You don't. I am boxes. daring you. That was a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so what I like to say is, data driven is just a nice way of saying we have no experience, and I don't mean that at all in a negative way. So when I was first starting out, I had zero experience. So I spent a lot of time gathering data and looking at it as a way to sort of teach me what I needed to know. Um, And when you're making cases to the board or you have like big money decisions on the line, absolutely, you should be backing things up with data. Um, But at a certain point in your career, you know, data is just telling you stuff that you already knew. Yeah, it's like it's like what it's like what an accountant says, a good accountant says usually I just look at your watch and telling you what the time is, but it's your watch. Right. I mean, it's you're kind of you're kind of saying the same thing. Right. We're. Data is telling you what you should already know, and it's just saying it's data driven. Well, you don't really know anything because you're just telling you where you've been, right? Is that kind of the exactly? Yeah, that's interesting. That's a really uh, that is a controversial thinking thing, right? Because you people like because you know, there are some in RevOps that maybe they just focus a lot on the on the data, making sure the data is telling the story. But in terms of mar- there's the marketing component of that too, right? Or the sales or the customer success component. Well, what does that what does that mean? It's really just, it should just be like preaching to the choir, right? Where, you know, you, we already know this symptom or this good thing or this ace, this fault. Yeah. That's a, that's a very interesting way of, of, of looking at that. So if you have, if you have uh, data, which is dirty, or you said as a, you know, data, which is, you know, you have data, the quote you said was, if you, if you think your data is clean, you're lying to yourself. It's kind of like the laundry, right? If you think your laundry is clean, well, you know, <laughs> so right. I mean, I mean, how how do you how do you tidy up data then? How, how what are some things that you do to keep your data clean? Sure. So, on a very small scale, you can kind of go over things manually with a fine tooth comb. But once you reach a certain point, that's no longer feasible. But there's programs and people who know how to handle programs like 
R and SQL and um, different kinds of languages that they can run analyses on, and it just spits out, you know, all the places where the data is dirty, then it's a matter of actually fixing it and cleaning it up. You have to find a pattern. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes the pattern you don't find. Um, so it's a very cumbersome thing. And I think the way the world is going where we're always relying on more and more data points, especially as AI becomes more integrated into our lives, there's always going to be a need for these kinds of people who can go in and clean up the data. And and you think that is something that people can actually do better than maybe like a, like an AI or something like that? Or I think it takes people to operate AI. Um, you can't just, right now anyway, you can't just take AI straight out of the box and like let it do its thing. You sort of have to train yeah. it to do what you want to do. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, you mentioned SQL and these other database sort of scripting languages. I mean, those languages can really do anything, but somebody has to write the script or write the query to actually get the data that SQL needs to pull from its library of information. Right. So I guess, sure. you know, there's, yeah, there's some probably some truth to that. So, you know, on the topic of, you know, data and everything, I mean, what, where do you see the future of, of this all going? I mean, RevOps in general. Yeah. So I think it's going to become more predictable, um, which is what we all want. Right. Um, but as you know, we're being able to predict things like likelihood of cancer and different global warming trends and what that means. And it's not perfect yet, but if we can do that with so few data points, imagine what we can do with all of the numbers people are gathering every day, all the time. Like it's nonstop. It's mind boggling really to think how much, how many organizations in my particular company are gathering and stitching together data and it's all siloed right now, but someday I think it'll be brought all together into just like a AI runs your business model. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that, now that's something that probably could happen, right? Cause all the data, like you said, is separate. Now, it sounds like what you're saying is you see a world where that data is no longer uh, siloed and you're saying that everything kind of will come together and an AI sort of driven business, AI, AI driven business model. How do you think that changes, you know, how people work in, in RevOps? I mean, do, do you see that? Do you see them doing something different or? I think there's going to be some growing pains for a while um, as we kind of integrate AI into making these decisions for a long time, like probably decades, we'll have people overseeing these models and um, being able to answer to things. I don't think humans are going to be replaced by AI at all. Yeah, I mean, I would uh, I'd agree with that because it's hard, right? Because the AI is only as good as the, the people or the marketer who is who is using it. Is, is that kind of the point you're, you're trying right. to... Got it, right. got it. I mean, this is like really next level, you know, kind of science fiction sort of stuff. Oh, is, yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, I mean, so, so yeah, t t tell me a bit about that. Like, where did, where did, uh, where did that interest, I mean, this, this interest in all, all of the uh, all, in data and RevOps and stuff come from? Like, is it like a mentor? Is it like a, something you saw, like a course? What, what was it? So, originally, I was like a really bad math student my whole life until I had this one teacher in like junior college that just changed everything for me and introduced me to the concept of biological modeling. And she said, 
yeah, there's jobs out there where you can go sit in a field and count populations of whatever, bunnies maybe, and come up with um, equations that map and predict what that population will do. And that blew my mind. I was like, wow, we can explain nature with math. I was very young, so this was me. Um, And I just thought that was the coolest thing. So I loved the concept of being able to explain phenomena with numbers. Um, And so I got a math degree, um, but now I'm in marketing. (laughs) And so I just like, really what that is, is I just have a passion for kind of telling stories with numbers. And now I tell stories of revenue and marketing with numbers rather than counting populations of bunnies in a field somewhere. So so now now if you went back in time and talked to, Artie, who was learning about, you know, bunnies in the field, you know, at the, at the junior college, like, what, what, what advice would you give yourself? What would you tell yourself? I mean, anything different? What would you say? Oh, yeah, I would have said, don't take all these statistics courses for granted. <laughs> um, learn R, do your R homework, and don't uh, pay that really smart kid to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Coding was not my favorite thing. It's still not. Um, I There's a certain point where I reach that I just like, it's not elegant anymore. So I'd rather just have someone else do it in an elegant way and a more efficient way. Um, so yeah, I would say don't take statistics for granted. Those hard classes are hard for a reason and stick it out. Maybe take it twice if you're shaky on it. Um, I, I wish I had taken my statistics courses a lot more seriously than I did. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's such a such an interesting thing, right? I mean, because statistics are everywhere. I mean, you know, if you're if you're a sports fan, I mean, stats are are everything. If you're in movies, I mean, there are certain equations that there are certain reasons why movies are redone because you know they're inoculated to failure. They've done the numbers, they've done the math, right? Where that's why you know X Y Z movies being re rerun again, or there's like a, it's, it's coming back after X number of years because you know it's it's in the numbers, right? They they know that they can they can achieve a goal that they want with that with that you know statistic that they have. These algorithms, it's got these ingredients in it, and you know, these are this is the equation that we have built, and that's why it works. Yeah, I love that. I never thought about it with movies before, but that's a really good point. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I mean, let, let's 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 talk about things outside of outside of work. That I mean, are, do you do you run numbers in like the hobbies you have at all, or anything like that? I mean, does or does or does or do the numbers stay? stay in the inbox and then, and then the love of numbers just doesn't just doesn't leave the inbox is it how does it work yeah so i i used to i don't have a lot of people around me who want to hear me talk about that anymore outside of work <laughs> so i have like a 12 year old and the last thing she wants to hear about is math or numbers right now so <laughs> um i usually leave that stuff at home but um you know right now I'm reading this great book, um, The Climate Book by Greta Thunberg, and oh. it's it's full of numbers. And so that way I can kind of keep thinking about models and questioning things uh, in a scientific way outside of work and definitely not in revenue terms. <laughs> so that's kind of nice too, taking yeah. a break as it were. Yeah, because like, I mean, you know, it's just, there's, there's so much you can, so much you can apply, right? from in hobbies with, with statistics or whatever it is you might be interested in, like people count cards. I mean, if they're, if they're, if they're into playing cards, right. That's a, that's, a, that's using probability and statistics in a, 
in an interesting way, right? In, in movies, they do those sorts of things. Every card game, I wish I had like a statistical program like R right next to me or something like that, because it it almost makes it not fun to play because I'm always wondering, like, I can't count cards. I'm not that good. Um, but I would like a machine to do it for me, but that's cheating. So, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you, know, you just still figure out the patterns and find it, right. build an equation. But yeah, there's the probability piece of it, right? So it's a, mm-hmm. well, it's a, it's a little bit, a little bit different than, than the way you do at work. Right? Right. So already, where can people find you, learn more about you? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. You just there's only one artist Taylor out there. Artist is my full name, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you can find me there. I work at Filevine, um, so pretty active on their page as well. Tell us a bit about Filevine. Yeah, Filevine's a legal case management software. So um, legal technology. I've been around since 2014. I've been there for two years. Um, yeah, just raised 108 million last year and doing really good things. That's uh that's an interesting place to be, case management software. I mean, these days you never know what's the world is the world, right? So that's uh very interesting stuff. Well, I mean, look, you know, Artie, it's been amazing having you here. I mean, you're talking numbers, statistics, equations in different ways, uh, the future of RevOps with AI involved. Uh, you know, it's it has been uh, really, really exciting and very, very different than what most RevOps uh, consultants come on here and, and jam about. So really appreciate you you know, coming on and making the time to do this for us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, and you know, folks, if you're listening at home, if you learned something or you know, maybe laughed a little at what we were kind of messing around with, you know, just, yeah, please tell someone about the uh, podcast. You know, Artie, again, you know, thanks a lot for, for being here. Thank you. Yeah, this has been another exciting episode of RevOps 500, and we'll uh, see everybody next time. And that wraps up another episode of RevOps 500. Thanks for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at RevOps500.com. RevOps 500 is sponsored by CompuTech, providing technical and development expertise to growth-focused marketing.